0: and I can pay attention to my feelings, my reality, and it starts to kind of fill me in as an individual, you know, as a person, because yep. I'm not having to perform for anyone, not having to make anyone happy, you know, I'm not having to understand perspectives. I'm just being, and that's really healthy, and I need more of that type of practice.
1: Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today creates learning experiences to ignite purpose, passion, and power for life and work. He's the Chief People Officer for Energy Cap Incorporated, and a top-rated learning partner for the Pennsylvania State University. As a Gallup Certified Strengths Coach and Certified Enneagram Practitioner, he leads workshops and online courses to fuel self-awareness, team building, and employee engagement. In addition, he's also a Professional Certified Coach. He's the author of Made to Pray, a book and prayer assessment, which helps readers find their prayer strengths. Today, I have with me Chris Hines. Chris, Welcome to the Stressless Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you for being here today.
0: Thanks, Tommy. Great to be here.
1: Chris, I wanted to get you here because you're a professional life coach and certified in various personality tests. But in this particular episode, I'd like to just dig deeper into one, which is the Enneagram and how the test could help inform our stressless entrepreneurs to reduce stress and boost their productivity.
0: Sure. Yeah. Happy to talk about that.
1: Great. But before we do that, are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do?
0: Sure. Well, I am the chief people officer for a software company called Energy Cap Inc. We publish energy management software for organizations that manage a lot of utility bills. Mm -hmm. So I handle all the people operations, so all the recruiting and all the professional development as well as personnel issues. So that's what I do sort of as my day job. But on the side, I also am a, um, a professional certified life coach, as well as have been certified in a couple assessments, like you said, the Enneagram and also the Clifton Strengths assessment. I, of course, use coaching and these assessments at EnergyCap, but I also do quite a few professional development workshops and activities outside of my organization, mm-hmm. as well as being a learning partner at Penn State University, which is a large university in our town. You get the picture. I'm really involved in helping people grow, gaining self-awareness, building healthy teams, and also driving employee engagement.
1: And your mission statement is that your purpose is to ignite one's purpose, passion, and power for life's work. That's right. Are you able to just quickly describe to our listeners what that means?
0: Sure. Well, a lot of us are really lacking one or all of those areas in our life and work, a sense of purpose. What am I here for? How am I wired you know to achieve that purpose or purposes? Passion, some of us are really lacking a sense of passion and drive toward what we're doing and also power. We don't know how to accomplish what we want to accomplish. We don't not aware of all the resources within inside of us to fulfill that purpose or to drive that passion. And so passion, purpose, and power are really important for us to understand about ourselves. And we can actually grow in these areas if we put our minds to it and sort of surround ourselves with the right tools so all my work is really focused around that driving people's purpose passion and
1: power thank you for that quick introduction let's talk about the enneagram are you able to describe to listeners what the enneagram personality test is
0: sure the the enneagram is a really fascinating sort of personality profiling tool It's pretty ancient, dating back as far as the fourth century, and it was originally used by monks and some other religions to grow in sense of self and try to curb sin, curb vices, and grow in healthy ways. Mm -hmm. And so it started off as a uh, more of a psychological spiritual tool, but then it was improved upon over the years. And today it's being used pretty often in the business world, as well as some of these other spiritual, psychological communities. Basically the Enneagram comprised of nine personality styles or types. Ennea means nine, gram means point or figure. So literally Mm -hmm. nine figures or nine points. And so the Enneagram um, includes these nine basic personality types, which really describe your core motivational drive. And so the idea is to identify your core drive, your Enneagram number, Understand how you live that out. Understand how it manifests or displays, sort of, in falling short of what's really good, but also how strong it can be in your life in order to maximize the strengths and minimize the shortfalls. And what I love about the Enneagram is it applies to your life and work, and it also is pretty comprehensive. So once you understand your core drive, you can understand some your emotional life, conflict style sort of relational behavioral style you can understand about the workplace value you bring your role on teams there's so much value once you start with finding your core drive
1: is there any other similar personality test out there and what are the main differences between Enneagram and let's say uh, the Strengths uh 2.0 test or let's say the Maya Briggs test
0: so that's a great question Tommy Mm-hmm. At the heart, all of these are personality assessments or personality tools. The Enneagram is a bit different. We'll take Clifton Strengths first. So, Clifton Strengths, or it's been called StrengthsFinder, Finder, is a talent assessment yep. trying to help you understand your raw areas of talent. So, you can then turn those talents uh, into strengths and then point those strengths towards your, your job outcomes, your life goals, and so forth. So, it's all about talent and performance. Really powerful. I do a lot of coaching and workshops and things around Clifton Strengths. Really powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Here's how it's different than the Enneagram. The Enneagram is primarily about motivation and core drive, kind of the approach you're taking, the direction you're headed. Whereas Clifton Strengths is more about the talents you have and how you're getting there. So I like to think about Clifton Strengths as talent and Enneagram as drive. Now, here's what's fascinating. So I have two friends. They're both a type ones on the Enneagram. Maybe Mm -hmm. we can talk about what that means, but they're both type ones. So their core drive is to perfect. They have this ideal vision of life, ideal vision for themselves, ideal vision for others. And it really drives how they behave, how they relate and so forth. But in terms of their Clifton strengths, they only have one of the same top five Clifton strengths. And so one of my friends core drive is to perfect from the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. he's very relational, and so he is sort of interested in an ideal view for others and helping others attain that sense of good and right. My other friend is very process-oriented, very execution-oriented, in terms of his top five talent themes. And so he's really about perfecting a process, making sure that there's a system in place that works. And so you see the difference there, right? They have the same Enneagram drive, type one, Mm-hmm. But their talents are very different, and so they live that out in very different ways. So the Enneagram is about drive and direction. This Clifton Strengths assessment is really about the talents you have to get you there. If you're not aware of your drive, your talents may actually be working against you. Okay. So you really want to work to align and understand how those both operate, kind of in your space. I have the most expertise with Clifton Strengths, so I'm not. Really, an expert around Myers Briggs or DISC or any of that, but I will say that I've not come across a more comprehensive tool than the Enneagram.
1: And it comes down to what you said. There is their tools to help you and support the the self awareness of what strengths you have, but also the motivation and the core skills of what you should be looking at to move forward or progress in your career or life.
0: Yeah, Tommy, I love the way the word that you use there, tool. It really is a tool, you know, the ends of this is, is growth, self-awareness, more satisfaction in life, more purpose, passion, and power, whatever your goals are, that's the ends. The tool is just the means to get there, right? And so a lot of people kind of take this assessment online that they find a free Enneagram test. They take it. They're like, wow, that's funny. That's cool. I get it. But they don't do anything with it, mm-hmm. you know, but they, they will say, yeah, I've done the Enneagram. It's no big deal. They've made the test the ends. That's really the wrong way to look at it. Your goals and where you want to end up, that's the ends. This tool and the other tool is a means to the end. And so I love the way, the fact that you use the word tool because that's really what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. And throughout your professional coaching career, you must have dealt with people who wanted to be helped, but then also people who have been recommended the, the personality test by a friend and they could be a skeptic. Do you have any commentary for those who don't really necessarily believe in personality test assessments?
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. There has to be some personal buy-in to do the work Mm -hmm. when you approach a tool like this. If you're kind of not bought in and you're resisting, then the growth practices, for instance, that will really help you grow through the tool, they're not going to mean anything to you because maybe you're just trying to appease people around you, you're checking a box, but you're not really bought in. What's been really healthy for me is I've been growing in my Enneagram type, which is a type nine, to be at peace, that's Mm -hmm. my core drive, Mm -hmm. um, is adopting growth practices, asking some growth questions, really taking this on as a means of growth and development. If you're not bought in, you're not gonna do the work. But for me, the value has come from me doing the work And that's where the value has come from others.
1: The reason why I ask that is because, you know, we have one side of the camp who believe it's absolutely necessary if you want to succeed in life. But then there's the skeptics who think that it's just a way to trap you in thinking in a certain framework. We've mentioned type one to perfect type nine, to make peace or peacemaker. Are you able to just real quick go through each type and explain it to our listeners?
0: Yep. Happy to do that. I will try not to get too (laughs) in-depth because I I really uh, am pretty passionate about this and and have seen that, you know, it confirmed time and time again and how accurate this can be. So I won't go too deep, but so there are these nine core drives of the Enneagram. The type one is to perfect. So think about a diamond, right? It's sort of brilliant. It's cut the right way. So the type ones are driven to live the right way, correct Mm -hmm. what is wrong and create a perfect world. They're pretty idealistic, but they can also be pretty judgmental and critical toward themselves and others. So they need to watch that, but they bring a lot of value in the world in terms of improvement, quality assurance, things like that. So that's the type one. The type two core drive is to help. And so think about like a life preserver, right? Throwing it out to help someone in need. Type twos are driven to help others to feel needed and to do things for people. They're very task-oriented, but their tasks are focused on caring for people. And so they're known to be like approachable, loving, sacrificial. These are folks that will help and serve, uh, but sometimes forget about their own needs and Mm -hmm. can't quite identify what they need or their own boundaries. So they wanna watch that. The type three, their drive is to succeed. So I envision this as like a shooting star Achieving great heights, able to be seen by others. Type threes are driven to be productive, to be efficient, and to be viewed as successful. They're known for great accomplishments, great stamina, great energy. They're often talented in different areas. Mm -hmm. These folks, though, may over-identify with their work and kind of forget about relationships and forget about connecting with their true selves because they want to be seen as successful, whatever that setting is whether it's successful parenting, successful business, and so forth. So we love type threes for their forward-moving motion and what they accomplish, but we want them to feel value from who they are, not from just what they do. Now we go on to the type four. The type four's drive is to express, and I envision this as sort of drama mask. So they love expression. They're driven to be known to express their feelings and to create beauty and drama. Mm -hmm. So often type fours are very comfortable with the range of emotions. They're okay being sad. They're okay being melancholy, feeling ambiguous, feeling ambivalent, feeling happy. You you get it, right? They're comfortable Mm -hmm. with the right range of emotions. They want to be seen as unique. They don't want to be seen as sort of common or just one of many. And they're very sincere type people. What they need to watch, though, is that sometimes we do you know, need to fall in line with everyone else. Sometimes we're not extraordinary in every way. Sometimes we are quite common, and type 4s need to be okay with that. But I love what they bring to our world in terms of expression, yep. which takes us to the type 5. The type 5 drive is to know, and we envision this as like a magnifying glass, kind of investigating. Type 5s are driven to understand to gain knowledge and to preserve resources. They're ones who pay close attention. They're very thoughtful and contemplative. They wanna know, right? But they can also sometimes be excessively guarded and private. There's this fear in them that they're not gonna have enough. They're not gonna be enough. And so they may um, protect themselves by leaning in too much and sort of detaching from others. Mm -hmm. They really wanna be useful. And so really healthy fives use the the things they know to help others and be useful. Then we get to the type six. Type six's drive is to secure. And envision this as like a lock. So they're driven to feel safe, to ask questions, and to support or resist authority. Type sixes have a very interesting relationship with authority. Some will really support it, be very loyal, be very committed and faithful to authority versus the other type of six will resist authority, be not trusting, be very scrutinizing of authority. But overall, type sixes are very, very committed team players. They ask really hard and great questions that should be asked. Mm -hmm. But here's what's interesting. Remember with the type ones, we said that they're constantly sort of judging and scrutinizing themselves. Mm -hmm. And there can be this sort of continuous critic in their head, this critical voice. Type sixes are always anticipating multiple scenarios and seeing what's ahead, if there's danger ahead. And so they're always sort of scanning the environment in order to feel safe and to protect their team, to protect themselves. And so type sixes are loyal team players and ask really great questions. Which brings us to the type seven. Yep. The type sevens' drive is to enjoy. And I envision this like an ice cream cone. They're driven to be happy, to avoid struggle, and to experience the highs of life. I have a lot of type sevens in my life, and I love them for their joy, their energy, their optimism. Mm-hmm. They're fun and adventurous. They have very quick minds, and so they're the ones that will keep us moving forward when uh, when there's obstacles in the way, and they're very. Uh, they're just—they're fun to be around. They're storytellers. They're often the life of the party. But sevens have to feel comfortable with negative emotions. Some of them will avoid feeling down, feeling bored, and often feel the pressure to have to be up all the time. And yep. so we can help sevens not feel that way by welcoming sort of their full selves. So then we have um, just two more, and then we have the type eights. Drive is to influence. So, I vision this as like a person with looking for influence in all directions. They're driven to speak up, maintain autonomy, and avoid weakness. So, what's great about eights is that they're courageous and strong. They can mobilize others toward causes or ideas. They have a pretty clear vision. They're uh, the ones who will speak up when other people are afraid to speak up or don't know how to speak up. So, that's really great. The shortfalls sometimes they may be overbearing or intimidating toward others or for others and so eights need to sort of be aware of how intense they're being and maybe dial it back a little bit to make themselves a little bit more receivable by others but we love the power and the clarity that type eights bring to our world Mm -hmm. which brings us to the type nine Uh, i mentioned before that i'm a type nine so Mm -hmm. our core drive is to be at peace and I envision this as like a dove with an olive branch in its mouth. So type nines are driven to, to maintain peace, see multiple perspectives, and go with the flow. We're known as being agreeable and flexible. You know, we, we can kind of understand multiple sides in a situation. And so we can be brought in to bring unity, mutual understanding. We're known to be pretty accepting of others. But here's the thing. we often have a hard time figuring out what's important to us or what matters to us. And so we may be in a situation, fail to speak up, but then later take it back, you know, because we thought about it. We're like, well, I didn't really want that. This is really what I wanted. By that time, it's maybe too late. We can lose ourselves, maybe merge with other people's points of view. And so type nines need to be very careful, but understanding what's important to them, how they feel, what they think and speak up for themselves or else else they'll be lost. All right, so that's all type nines. Very quickly, hope that wasn't overwhelming.
1: Mm -hmm. No, that's great, thank you for that. Now we have some great context to our discussion. I have here in front of me my Enneagram personality assessment report and it says that I am a personality type seven, the enthusiast. This core personality, is it fundamental to who I am as a person and is it subject to change over time?
0: Yeah, that's a great, great question, Tommy. Enneagram teachers say that we are one third nature, one third nurture, and one third choices, you know, mm-hmm. free will. And so it's possible that your type could change over time based on maybe any of those, I mean, of course your nature is not going to change, but your, uh, your, your upbringing, you know, your environment that you're in, that may change. And also your your own free will might change. So I think it is possible to kind of live into different types. What we would encourage you to do is if you take an Enneagram test and uh, there's one, I highly recommend, but there are lots of other free ones out there. You just want to be careful about the free ones Mm -hmm. because you don't know the science behind it. But if you take a test and it identifies your core drive, you may really relate to that, but you also may not relate to that at all. And there may be other drives that you relate to. So remember, the whole point of this is for you to grow and to live into it. So I'd recommend that if you you take a test and it identifies your type, you know, take it for what it's worth. Try that type on. If it does fit for you in terms of what you know, then live into it for a while. See, yeah, OK,
2: for,
0: for example, for you, when you took the test, did you identify with a type seven? Could you see that played out in your life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, specifically in the current context, Mm -hmm. most recently, it fits very well. You know, the fact that I'm forward looking, you can say that I hide from negativity, but you know, it's the pure optimism that shines through because I'm in the entrepreneurial space. I've started a new podcast and it's about pushing forward and focusing on that progress.
0: Cool. Yeah. So it is helpful to begin somewhere and the core type as identified by an assessment is a great place to start. But I wanna draw attention to two other types that you wanna pay attention to as well. Mm-hmm. So you have the, your core type, but there are two other drives that are really important to give life to. And this is the concept of harmony triads. And so there are different uh, models of the Enneagram out there and the harmony triad is one of them. Here's the basics about this and why it's important to consider three drives at the same time, your core drive, and then two other drives connected to it, Mm -hmm. is that we are whole people, and so we are driven to live out with our heads, by thinking, with our hearts, by feeling, and sort of with our gut, instinctually acting. Enneagram wisdom says that we live from these three centers of intelligence, the head, heart, and gut, right? And so we all have a go-to type, a go-to center of intelligence. So for you, Tommy, if you're in the seven number, then that is in the head space, which Mm -hmm. simply means that your go-to response to life is to try to figure things out. You want to think things through, you may step back and figure out the bigger picture what's going on here. So your go-to response as a type seven would be to think about things. The other options are to feel or to relate to yourself in a relationship to other people. That's the heart space Mm -hmm. or the gut space. That's like life happens and then you just know what you want to do. As a type nine, I'm from the gut space. So like life happens, someone says something to me, boom, I know right away by instinct what I want to do, what I want to say. It may, all, it may be stepping back and avoiding. And that's often for me as a type nine, what I do instinctually. But the big picture here is you've got the head, heart, and gut, center of intelligence. And if you want to live sort of a whole healthy life, you can't ignore any of the centers. You need to live into all three centers. So the harmony triad model invites us to live into all three centers of intelligence by inviting you to access your main type, right? So for you, Tommy, as a seven, your main center is the head, Mm -hmm. but the seven is also connected to the one and to the four. The the core drive of one is to perfect, that's in the gut space, Mm -hmm and the four is to express in the heart space. And so you don't wanna live as just a seven in the head. You also wanna invite the gut and the heart, you know, and live from those other two centers. So I would answer your question about types by this. You wanna live your home type initially, primarily, but you also wanna intentionally live into your other two drives that come from the other two centers. And so for you as a seven, that's the one, four, seven. The other two triads are two, five, eight, and three, six, nine. It's easy to remember this. If you grab your cell phone and you look at the keypad, you'll notice it's lined up harmony triad. One, four, seven, two, five, eight, three, six, nine. So that's an easy way to remember which other drives are part of your triad.
1: Mm -hmm. For someone who is new to Enneagram, Mm -hmm. they've done the test. And it's spit out a recommendation that they have the core personality type. Plus there's the recommended harmony triad. How would you recommend that person take on that report and use it? Or what should be the first thing they do after reading the report?
0: Right. So I would recommend that they, first of all, get a report that does have the harmony triad in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I offer on my site, a test that is scientifically validated and it includes the harmony triad. So I think that ideally, there'd be the harmony triad in there, but what you're gonna wanna do is get the test, and I would take a highlighter or a pen and highlight or circle what you resonate with, what you agree with in terms of how it's reporting about you. Because frankly, you're not gonna agree with everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the point is to try to convince yourself that every single word in the report is true right you want to find things that resonate with you so then you can start moving in in those directions right so i would highlight circle what what you agree with what resonates with you and then what i would do is share the results with someone who knows you well Mm -hmm. um, who can kind of confirm because we don't always see ourselves as we are we often need other people or other tools like this to show us ways we don't see ourselves that are still true and so share the results with someone else and then if you both feel like, yeah, this, these are areas that are me, I would next try to get with someone who knows the Enneagram yep. um, well, who can kind of give you a different perspective. And there are lots of Enneagram coaches out there. Uh, this is something that I do, but there are also lots of other coaches out there who know a little bit more than you about it. So you can share your findings with, with him or her as well. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully what that produces are some growth practices It depends what kind of report that you get or what kind of person you talk to, but hopefully some growth practices come out from that. For example, what I mean by that is you're going to find some areas of strength and also some, some shortfalls, areas of falling short of how good it can be. And so you're going to want to really maximize the strengths and identify when in my life, am I living out these strengths? On the flip side, when in my life am I living out these shortfalls? And then minimizing the shortfalls by leaning into the strengths is um, a pretty easy way to begin finding growth and value from the tool like right away.
1: And how would one use this test to assist them or guide them to best practices when they are in a relaxed state compared to when they are in a pressured environment and stressed?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Sure. Yeah, we definitely would react a different way depending if we feel threatened, if we feel intimidated, I'll take the type nine as an example, Mm -hmm. you know? So as a type nine, again, my drive is to be at peace. I want to personally feel at peace, out of conflict, kind of take the path of easy, you know, least, least resistance. And so when I'm in a place of security, like I'm feeling comfortable with myself, I'm pretty free, you know, I'm pretty open, and I feel more free to share and explore what I'm thinking what I'm feeling because I don't sense threat, right? I don't sense conflict or tension. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if I'm in a place of stress, I can tend to get very avoidant, very withdrawal. You know, I'm really trying to protect myself. I'm not open to others. I'm not able to see multiple perspectives. I'm kind of just interested in my own preservation and my own sense of peace. And so I can, by nature, react very differently in an environment of stress versus environment of security. And I'm I'm working to be okay, okay and open regardless of my situation. I mean that's something I'm really working on, but um, it takes time. So I think any of these drives have their areas of real strength and openness in area in times of security,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but they also have their behaviors which can be very very different than the healthy side and the strength side in moments of of stress.
1: And I'm just looking at one of the growth practice recommendations for my type, Type 7 The Enthusiast, and it's saying to practice silence and solitude. Now, I, I also know that you practice silence and solitude to help reduce stress. Are you able to let the listeners know how long you've been doing that for and the benefit you've seen by doing such?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly a practice I wish I did more of, but I have used this intentionally. I mean, probably five years now I've been doing maybe even longer, maybe seven years, Mm -hmm. taking specific times of powering down, you know, devices, getting away from other people and just, just sitting in, in silence um, and solitude. Here's why it's healthy for me as a type nine to do that. type nines, and I'll own this, I can sometimes struggle with my own sense of self. Who am I apart from other people? Or who am I apart from what I'm doing for others? And so the sense of being can be a struggle to affirm. But when I get alone, away from people, and away from what I'm doing, and I breathe, I begin to feel a sense of my own personhood, my own being, And I can pay attention to my feelings, my reality. And it starts to kind of fill me in as an individual, you know, as a person. Because I'm not having to perform for anyone, not having to make anyone happy, you know, not having to understand perspectives. I'm just being. And that's really healthy. And I need more of that type of practice. For type sevens, that's also really helpful. Because type sevens can often feel the pressure to be the life of the party or to figuring out what's coming up ahead and can sometimes be silent or ignoring their own needs Mm -hmm. um, and their own negative, afflictive emotions, which are necessary. You know, sadness, for example, is a really healthy emotion to be aware of. But sevens may avoid that or anger, really healthy emotion to be aware of. You may avoid that because it's not sort of an up positive emotion. Mm -hmm. And so some sevens will distract themselves, avoid them. uh, Really, kind of get themselves out of that emotion to move on to something positive. But when you're you're intentionally silent and still, and you're paying attention to how you are and who you are, you really can't ignore what's going on with you. And hopefully, that will lead to some discovery and exploration personally. So, I'd highly recommend really science of solitude for any of these types. You know, there's reasons why it's helpful for every type. I've shared kind of why it's healthy for sevens and nines. But if you're from a different type, I would challenge you listeners to explore why solitude and silence would be helpful for you and encourage you to try doing that.
1: Yeah. And would each type approach silence and solitude in a different way?
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair thing to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they need to be aware of things that will sabotage (laughs) their silence and solitude so for example type ones because they have this inner critic which is sort of judging themselves and and judging others maybe even the situation they're going to have to silence that inner critic when they come to rest with themselves that may sabotage them so they're sitting there in silence trying to quiet their thoughts and voice but then they're thinking about something they did wrong or something other, someone else did wrong, or they're looking around and maybe the paint is peeling in the room that they're in, mm-hmm. or something like that. They're gonna sabotage their own solitude if they don't silence those voices and practice some healthy behaviors of maybe talking to themselves like, doesn't have to be perfect, you know? I'm good the way I am, that type of thing. Uh, type t- I won't I won't go through the whole list, but the type twos, um, they're gonna feel a sense of unworthiness If they're not helping people so even taking the the time for silence for themselves they're going to probably feel unsettled uncomfortable like they're wasting time they're wasting space because a lot of twos can find personal value from the help they offer to others and feeling appreciated by others and so all of a sudden type twos aren't helping people in solitude right they're coming alone They're trying to meet their own needs, do something healthy for themselves, and that can be really hard for a type two. Mm -hmm. So they need to be aware of not sabotaging their own efforts and giving up because they feel like it's selfish. It is very healthy to take time for yourself. Type twos need to be aware of that. Yeah, so I do think that all of these types approach silence differently, and they need to be aware of self-sabotaging behavior with regard to silence.
1: Yeah. And that's great to hear because, you know, we have different forms of methods for stress management. So meditation, you know, uh, silence, breath work. So it's great to hear that even though you have a core type, that there are methodologies or ways that you can approach it, these stress management techniques to help you reduce stress.
0: Yeah. You know, I could see type sevens because they love adventure. They Mm -hmm. love what's novel and, and, you know, new. Sevens may find that going kayaking. I mean, I have a good friend who's a seven and he loves to have solitude time on the creek kayaking by himself. Mm -hmm. Whereas that may not be the deal for a type five. Type fives are kind of by nature, many of them are private anyway. They like to isolate and sort of have solitude anyway. And so type fives may just be comfortable instead of on a creek kayaking at home in their library, in their reading room, you know, quite naturally. And so forth. So they, they do look at it different ways.
1: I want to talk about uncertainty, specifically with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. We know that at the moment, there's quite a bit of uncertainty in these current times. Is there a way that we can take the Enneagram, whether it's our strength or our shortfalls, to kind of help us through some of these stressful and uncertain times?
0: Yeah, that, that's a great question. I, I do think that each of these Each of these core drives have value for times like this. And so the goal here is that you're really using these drives, living into them in healthy ways because you want to use the best parts of you to accomplish the goals that you have. Now, a goal may be to remain safe, you know, to remain secure in these times of uncertainty. And so, for example, the type one, You know, type ones are probably going to follow the rules, follow the guidelines that the CDC or governments are issuing. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to be very careful with germs and with contact and kind of protect their families, for example, or themselves by following the rules. So that's really helpful, you know, in this time. Type twos are going to be offering help to people in need. So they're gonna be looking for like the needs around themselves and their neighbors and their families. They're gonna be like looking to do things to, to keep people healthy, because that's how they're wired. Yep. So that's very that's very helpful. You know, type threes, because they're driven to be productive, to succeed. They're probably gonna be saying and asking, what does success look like in the, with this virus? And they may conclude success will be that we can resume life as normal, as soon as possible. And so we're going to design, maybe they're going to design systems or practices to help them thrive or their families thrive in this time of need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, see, so you get the point, right? There's value. If you look at the end, which is okay. Finding security thriving in this time of uncertainty. If you look at that as the goal, you can then go, what are the strengths of my drive? And then, Approach that goal with those strengths. Mm -hmm. That's how I like to look at it. For me as a type nine, you know I'm pretty unrattled by this whole thing. I'm trying to be responsible and to take the advice of experts, but Internally, I'm pretty I'm pretty at peace like I'm pretty good Mm -hmm. And so I've been helpful to other people who are a little bit more stressed and rattled to like reassure them you know we're going to get through this. I can understand why you feel anxious, but you know, let's do this together, kind of go with the flow. So I, I can see my type nine being helpful to others. And Tommy, for your type seven, I mean, you, I'm just impressed that with everything that's going on, you're still running your podcast, you know, you're still kind of going forward with your goals. Mm-hmm. And that's really what sevens do, you know, sevens love to move forward they're bringing optimism and hope and enthusiasm um, toward others. Sevens may struggle with having to stay put <laughs> you know, but um, you're really encouraging and bring value to others in your type without even knowing it
1: yeah, it's funny that you say that because for me there's the concept of opportunity cost. We know that some people get annoyed that they do have to stay at home but sometimes. The fact that we get more time to stay at home allows us to reassess certain things or more time to actually do the things that we've missed out on. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's although sometimes the concept of self-isolation hurts us initially in the short term, but, you know, we can always use that to our advantage and there's always opportunities moving forward. And that's why I'm saying in the current context, you know, the mm-hmm. type seven where there's always the positive out of a negative. Yeah, I'm seeing that's very much present in my current life.
0: Good. Well, others need that perspective too. We can tend to assume that everyone has our perspective or our lens and we forget the value that there is in diversity. Yep. And so um, there may be people around you, Tommy, that you know, need to see the world as you see it, need to see opportunities, and you could be of help there.
1: I wanted to go back and talk more about Type 7's pure optimism mm-hmm. and the fact that someone like myself, although I may say that I, I'm a very happy person, but I'm not really accepting the negative emotions that come to me and a negative emotion might pop up, but I might reframe it straight away into a, a positive. Mm-hmm. Is there any guidance on being able to be more self-aware on and being comfortable with negative emotions like anger or, you know, sometimes even depression? Because I know that I say, I might say, I don't get depressed because as soon as that thought comes, I'm pushing it away and pushing forward in a sense. Is there any guidance you can recommend yeah. to me in that regard?
0: Yeah, that's a great a great topic and question, Tommy. I think it begins with self-awareness. Yep. And so all of these types are going to want to be tracking how they're living out their type. Mm -hmm. And so I was just coaching someone the other day, actually, who's a type seven. I encouraged him to be tracking how they're kind of going throughout their day. And type sevens have this, this tendency to have something negative happen, and then they want to escape from that onto something more positive. And and so in this example, someone I was coaching, he, um, he's a student and whenever his studying gets kind of... Laborious or difficult, he'll just go grab food, <laughs> you know, as an escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't realize he was doing that, but it was a way for him to kind of feel up again in the midst of this negative studying. So, in your situation, Tommy, you're going to want to be aware of what's going on with you. Yep. And if you check in with yourself and you're like, I am feeling a little depressed or a little angry. Your tendency may be to escape that, you know, as you said, to reframe it, to go, you know, to, to kind of reshape the picture, redraw the picture, get on a different activity or to go and not sit with that emotion. But your emotions are telling you important things about yourself. You know, mm-hmm. your emotions are saying something's wrong or something's important to you. And so anger, sadness, think, you know, things like that, that you naturally want to avoid are indicators. No, I need to lean into this actually. And so be aware of when you're feeling that, lean into the emotion and explore. 7s love exploration and pioneering and discovery. So I actually think you can use that part of you in a positive way here to lean into your your emotion and to explore. What intensity is this? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? You know, where does this want to go? Mm-hmm. And kind of like see where that ex- exploration leads you. Be aware, though, of your tendency to sabotage this process yep. and want to, you know, want, wanting to get out of it and kind of feel better again. Sevens feel this pressure by themselves and others to always be up, to be the life of the party, you know, to be fun. But sevens need to have the space to explore and to kind of bring their full selves to the world, not just the up, happy engage side. And I'd encourage you to get a journal and to begin, you know, to, to, to track yourselves because a journal is a discipline to force you to be aware, you know, and it's interesting because sevens are so forward moving that you may be in the afternoon and unless you write down the morning's feeling, you just blow right past it. So I'd encourage you to get a journal, check in periodically. What am I feeling? Why am I? And if you can't explore it at the moment, no big deal. You know, journaling helps you to come back to it and go, oh, yeah, that's what I was feeling. And that's what the situation around it. So so you can explore. And this is an an opportunity to lean into your type four. Mm -hmm. Remember in the Harmony Triad that your connected drives are one, four, seven. So the four is your heart space, and the fours love to express and are okay with emotions. And so your seven is going to want to move on to what feels negative, but your four invites you to lean into that and express it and explore it and be okay with it. So um, you have power within you because your four drive to live into those emotions, you just have to sort of reorient yourselves and and welcome the four alongside your seven.
1: And I like the fact that you said. Anger is just another way for your mind to tell you that it's important. It's a priority. Mm-hmm. And I and thank you for the tip in regards to the journal. I'll make sure I'll start to implement that as soon as possible. Now, Chris, we're just running out of time. Is there anything that I've missed that you think we should discuss before we finish?
0: I guess just one quick concept, which is the concept of wings. Yep. When I if you do the report, the assessment on my site, it includes wings. The wing Is something else that you want to pay attention to. And here's why. So you may have the same drive as someone else, but you behave very differently. That's because of your wing. Your wing is the type to your left or to the right of your main type. So for you, Tommy, as a type seven, the possibilities for your wings are either a type six or a type eight. Mm -hmm. I actually have friends, two friends who are type sevens. One's a type One's a a six wing, one's an eight wing. Mm -hmm. On your report, it shows that you're an eight wing. And so type sevens, although the core drive is to enjoy, the type six wing is gonna be a little bit more laid back, a little bit more maybe scrutinizing, a little more fearful because of the six influence on the seven, right? But for you, you're an eight wing for your type seven. The eight you may remember is to influence, to be more decisive, to speak up. And so it brings more, kind of more energy forward moving, a little bit more persuasion and influence with your seven wing. So you're gonna wanna pay attention to your wing, which is the behavioral flavor of your drive and how that influences how you live out. So, So Tommy, for you as a seven wing eight, that's gonna make you more forward moving, you know more decisive more willing to speak up in times of ambiguity whereas if you were a type six wing you would be more laid back asking more questions mm-hmm. a little more skeptical than the eight so that's something i want to draw attention to as well because that that is that play here too
1: yeah and throughout that conversation i'm just thinking about my top five for my strengths finder mm-hmm. and one is uh, futuristic two is st- strategic, and I believe three is learner. So I'm seeing a lot of interplay with some of the uh, results from both tests, but I think we may leave that for a future conversation. That'd be great. Yeah. Chris, before I let you go, I just have one more question. You're about to do something that you've never done before. So you're nervous, you're anxious. What do you do?
0: Um, well, well, what I do is I rehearse what are the strengths that my drive can bring? Yeah, what are the strengths my drive can bring and how can they help me in this uncertain time? So that's what I do. Sometimes I also will go, okay, if I'm not seeing a clear connection to my core drive, I will say, okay, what other drives can I lean into that are in my harmony triad that will help? And so for me as a nine, the type three, which is to succeed to perform, I use that all the time in times of um doing something new because the three can kind of step into a situation assess okay what what's needed here mm-hmm. what's success look like here and can lean into that very easily and so i will often also lean into the drive that i think is going to be most helpful in that situation
1: chris for anyone who wants to find you in regards to either a coaching or support with the personality tests where should they find you
0: yeah i think the easiest way is to just go to my website which is chrishines.com. Mm-hmm. that's chris and then heinz like like the ketchup chris heinz.com yep we have a lot of blog content there we've got a new online course on the enneagram which i'd love for you to take mm-hmm. um, there's two options one is just the course itself and the other one is course plus an assessment code plus a coaching call with me. Yep. Um, so that's a way to go really deeper into the learning in a more customized experience. Both these options come with a learning guide you can download and it's very interactive as you go through the material. would love you to do that. And I also do workshops. Uh, we could do that both remotely and in person. So ChrisScience.com is the, the place to go.
1: And I'll make sure to have all the links in the show notes below. Again Chris, thank you very much for your appearance today.
0: You're welcome Tommy. Thanks for uh, you know digging in and exploring. you made yourself a little vulnerable today as a type 7 and that's number one hard for type sevens to do. but number two, you know not easy to do online with people you, you don't really know yet. And so thanks for doing that. Thank you for the good work you're doing for entrepreneurs worldwide.
1: There you have it guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments, grow with you as a channel and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on hello at I'll catch you all on the next episode.